Here we go. It's time for Scooney G's Daily Dose Podcast. Come on, y'all. Turn up. Who's with me? Yeah, come on, come on. Woo! On today's episode, we have Chris the Glow Taylor Part Two. I, lo- I love this because when the door of opportunity opens, don't knock, kick that bad boy down, <laughs> kick it in, and run through it. And tell him, and you better know how to do what you tell him you can do. Right. So I got in there. I didn't have any idea. I went and hired a studio, paid all this. They gave me like. 20,000 per song. I had to make four pieces of song. This is in 1983. Wow. I made over $100,000 off of breaking at the time. Okay. Amazing. <laughs> I was 21. So I got the plaque. I got the, well, that came a few weeks later, but we, this thing ran through very quick. Radio was, uh, the reason that it got important because radio was one of the clubs that got put on the cover of, back in those days, the LA Times had a calendar section where all the movies were. I remember that. We was on the cover of calendar. Wow. 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 Yeah. Man. So <laughs> this before Death Row. Before yeah. Death Row this guy already has a platinum record. I'm on the cover of a magazine. Cover of a DJ. magazine. as the And did you hear him talk about the money in his pocket first too? That's not even DJing money. That's, that's movie money. That's movie that's money. That's not record industry money. That's, That's a whole years. different thing. And at 21 years old. So, man, how did you stay grounded? <laughs> Very good question. So what happened was, this is the thing that Ice-T speaks on in one of his interviews. They go, so when you and Glove did the song, because I had the music, I did all the stuff, and then they called me at the last minute. We need a rap-talking song. They call it Rap Talker. His credit is Rap Talker. My credit is Scratcher, right? Chris the Glove, Scratcher. Like, what the hell is a scratcher? <laughs> I'm in there scratching people. Do. It's like fluffer. <laughs> so anyway, we move on. And um, I'm sorry, I lost my place. But I got this money to do this song. And I said, well, can you make a rap talking song about that? So I called up Ice-T, shoot him, you know, few G's. And I was like, we played that thing in like three hours. Wow. Yeah, and he wrote the song about the DJ. So it was, it was cool to have that. I didn't even know he cared. <laughs> <laughs> that is amazing. I love hearing these amazing stories because it seems like there's a certain kind of energy that you have to have for these doors to open, right? So when those doors open, like you said, you just ran through it and then one thing leads to the next and to the next. Would you say it's also about relationships? Yes, it's all about relationships. I learned that a tricky way. You would think that it was about how much money you generate or how much you, you, you're dope or whatever you think about your person, Christopher. But it turns out that it's the relationship with the person. That's why they call you instead of any of these guys. That's amazing. Like Before we did the interview, we were just kind of talking about some things and he was like, yeah, well I can call this guy, this guy, this guy, and this guy because they're my friends. And now somebody or some company called them and I know Snoop is like this too. Like, if a record company calls me and they want a feature, that's X amount of dollars. Yeah. But if my friend over there needs a feature, 
I got you. You yeah, know, they, yeah, it's love. You don't, you know, this these records that people see and these things. These guys do this. They get money because of it, but they're doing it. They couldn't stop Snoop and Drake from working together or anyone like to those calibers of these doing these collaborations. Twenty One Savage and Drake right now. So you can't even imagine we got the studio over here, right? And we got Beyonce, Rihanna, Jay Z, and I don't know, Lupe Fiasco. If I start playing music, they're gonna gravitate to the studio. It's like a, a call. It's like Pied Piper. <laughs> Pied Piper, yeah. And it's then like you can't the, help the it. The beat is hot, which it is. They're gonna start having ideas. Right. You'll see paper or phones or people's minds start to click. Nobody's gonna ask you for a check. They're going to say, when can I get down? When can I get on that? Can and I then they'll get the calls from the managers and all that later. But yes. you can't stop us from working. It'll never happen. There's nobody going to walk in and say, pay me first. I don't care who it is. They, you hear them say that on top. Pay me. I'm not coming there. And then you call. I'm like, where you at? I'm on my way. I'm on my way. Yeah, yeah. We work the money out later. That's, yeah, I'm money up. makes money. So that's not, you know, we do this for love. That's all it is. And so, do what you love and the money will come. And the children out here, all I did was know that I could be great and dream big. And if you can imagine it, you can do it. So stay with that. Beautiful, beautiful. So jump me in the death row. Jump me in the death row. All right, well. I got some death row stories too. But the death row story starts with Ruthless Records. Ruthless. Oh, easy so, E. We were signed. I had an RB group. So, so to go away from breaking the movie. In between... I was going to tell a story about how they were ready to go on tour, and me and uh, Ice did a couple of dates, but, you know, I had made money, right? And I wasn't from, so my story is not, I was on the streets and poor and broke and all of that. My family, my dad worked so we could live in a nice suburb area, Beautiful. went to a good school. Nice. Everybody in my family graduated from college. Beautiful. I'm, we are Cosby's, you know what I mean? Okay. Like, literally. Okay. You know, so I didn't have to do any of this. I had I had equipment. I had gear. I was DJing. I was doing what I wanted to do. Beautiful. So I didn't want to go on tour. I, I was like, that's, I make money off this movie mu money. Is yeah, which way is different from a way show. different than the music money. Way but different. I also learned about DJing for people like Weird Al Yankovic, Quincy Jones. I worked on Patty Austin's album. I did some for Bobby Brown. I told you I met the engineers that worked with uh, Lil Silas, rest in peace, was the guy who produced and created the whole Bobby Brown sensation. Wow. That's where I met Babyface and learned about the C800 microphone that I showed Dre years later. Well, actually, I learned about it from the relationship of him, but we, the mic came out in 92. Quick shout out to Dave Aaron, rest in peace, Dave Aaron, with mutual friend of ours, uh, my mentor that I came up with, met Dave Aaron in 1999 at Music Grinder Studios. Snoop Dogg and the Eastsiders, and he took me under his wing. The reason why he took me under his wing, because I knew how to make a really great cup of cappuccinos. Seriously? <laughs> Seriously. Can you still make cappuccinos? I can still make a mean cappuccino. Okay, so when we go to Greece, I'm going to have to call you to make the cappuccinos. <laughs> you know, that's going to be it. And, I, and just, Not to cut you off, but the thing when I started working at the studio was that I would never ask anybody. So we're talking about the door of opportunity. I would never ask anybody if they wanted a cappuccino. I would just make them and then take them to all the engineers that were working in the studio. So after about two weeks of taking Dave, that daily cappuccino, he, he looked at me, turned around and said, 
man, you be bringing me these cappuccinos. I'm addicted to them. Now, what's your name? And then it just it just took off from there. Boom. <laughs> yeah, man, that's what you do. You lead with love, and yes. love will follow. Yes. And the children out there, especially like I was telling you about a PA training program, which is off subject. But we also create a career path for children starting at 11, 12, up into high school. So when they go to high school, they can already learn about it and say, oh, I want to be a director, a writer of this. So I'm going to take my PA training, get on this movie, and find a writing department and, and work with them. Or find a, That's beautiful. Yeah, find a cos, uh, cosmetics. Or Is that a charity or just something that you guys do? Well, so we run it like a charity. We get donors to give us the money to train for free. And we train the children. But now some of the schools are going to, it's for profit, but some of the donors uh, are going to, like the school districts themselves are going to pay minimal. Beautiful. But it's like, you know, it's like a thousand bucks for you to come and do a seminar. But you can, wow. it, we can teach you in two days. You can go leave and go get a job as a PA and make $75 an hour or up wow. in two days. That's a, that's a beautiful give back program. What made you, I, I don't even, I already know the answer, but I'm going to ask you anyway. Um, what made you want to do that, to give back like that? I always wanted to give back and create a school. I wanted to give the knowledge. Every time I got robbed or slighted or felt like I made a mental mistake because I don't blame anyone for anything that I didn't receive. It's all things I should have known. I want to teach a kid. So when they go to talk to the nine-year-old version of Scooney, it's like, well, I don't want to do this three this three quarter stat rate that's in here. You got to remove that, and they're gonna go. How do you know what a three quarter stat rate is? It means I get three fourths of the money that you say that I'm gonna get up here. Wow. And then if you're ten and you know that, they can't pull nothing over you. Like it's all kind of stuff. We gotta get more people involved. Like Chris is involved. It's something that he doesn't have to do, but it's something that he loves to do. And we're gonna talk more about this in our community because. We really have to mentor these kids that are coming up. Uh, I know me, for instance, I was in a neighborhood where most of my guys that I came up with are either in jail or not with us here anymore. And thank God that my parents got me involved in so many after school, pro free after school programs, uh, one of them being music, and uh, really kept me off the streets, kept me out of trouble. So thank you so much, man, for, for giving back like that. Absolutely. And uh, so tell us some of the stuff that you're working on now. So I've been watching your Instagram, and you're doing the, you know, we invited you here to Nova 3 because this is a Web3 company, but I see you're really deeply involved into this whole NFT thing. Tell me about your NFT experience. Yeah, I believe in the, uh, so every, like Bitcoin, Ethereum, Solana, these are not just coins, these are databases or like complete internets. So the more that you use the Bitcoin system, the more valuable it becomes. It works on, that's why they say that they have such a heavy carbon footprint because you have to generate so much energy to create it, pop out of a computer. You know, I mean, you can heat your house with the computers that you use to, you know, if you did a small version. So I got involved with NFTs, DAO, Decentralized Autonomized uh, DAO organizations because I saw a way where, you know, you can basically create a bot and tell it to buy low and sell high. So it'll go and buy NFTs cheap and sell them high automatically until you stop it. 
and wow. you write the contract, that's pretty much the rough idea of a DAO. And then you give it more utility or more, you know, events for it to transfer. Scooney G's Daily Dose Podcast. Come on, y'all. Turn up. Who's with me? Yeah, come on, come on.